You know, I went out shopping yesterday, and it was a little crazy. I just want you to know. And if it was any of you, shame on you. But sometimes Christmas gets a little chaotic, right? Sometimes we just need to stop and just pause. And you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that a lot of times we do a lot of things to creatively try to tell the story of Christmas. We do different bells and whistles and all sorts of things. Sometimes, sometimes, it's good to hear the Christmas story just the way it was written. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to spend the whole service just reading from the Bible. What we're going to actually do is start from the book of Genesis. We're going to read a little bit about why Christmas had to happen. Then we're going to go through the Old Testament and read different prophecies as God makes a promise to provide a Savior. We're then going to transition and go to a point where we're going to go back and forth reading between Genesis and the book of John, and then we'll go into the Christmas narrative. Well, I hope that you will enjoy that, and I hope even more so that you'll just be impacted by the Word of God today. As we get ready to read from the Bible, I invite you to actually stand and let's sing together. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, the blessed angel King. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. To the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood, and seek the Lord in unity, rejoice now in his grace. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. can have a seat. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has a breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, 
and to dust you will return. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, 
whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel.
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of the God was hovering over the waters. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Cheers. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Andre. Mm-hmm. 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first sentence, census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Please stand. 
with us.
What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our King. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels Why lies he in such mean a state where ox and lamb are feeding? Could Christian fear for sinners here? The silent word is pleading. Nail spear shall pierce him through the cross beyond for me. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise a child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The powerful message of Christmas is that the birth can't be separated from the death. See, the whole point of Jesus being born was to live a life perfectly but then to die a death that he was too innocent to claim as his own it was really ours and yet he claimed it for himself but on that third day that stone rolled away and he walked out eternally victorious And if we only look at the manger and avoid the cross and the empty tomb at Christmas, we're missing the full story. Because there's good news in that story. And I feel at times, sometimes we may miss it because Christmas just goes by so fast. It's this week. I'm not even done my Christmas shopping. I celebrate Christmas. Actually, I celebrate Christmas all year round. I'm one of those people who listen to Christmas music all year round. But I start really celebrating the day after Thanksgiving. When I decorate the tree and put the tree up. We decorate it as a family and my family sometimes gets frustrated because sometimes I might have a certain way of putting up the ornaments on the tree. I don't feel like I do but I really do. And here's why. Ornaments sometimes are special, right? For instance, this toy soldier. This was on my tree when I was a kid. I stole it from my parents. <laughs> Up until today, I don't think they knew. I like to put this in a certain spot. I like this one. This one is one of my favorites. It's, it's Donald and Daisy on a boat together. I don't know. I just like it. And so I put it in a prominent spot. And then, and then this one in here, this one's actually my favorite. The cowboy riding the ostrich. <laughs> this is my favorite one. I don't know why. 
I love this one. And these are just fun ornaments that we put on, but then there's other kinds of ornaments, right? That mean something a little bit more, that are just a little bit special. Jen and I, we, when we go somewhere, we usually get an ornament and we put it on the tree, like if we ever go visit somewhere. And we've done that actually since before we were married. In fact, this is one we got when we were engaged. This is when we went to Knobles Amusement Park. And we were getting married that coming year. So we bought our first ornament together. Special, right? You know which ones are even more special than these? Let me show you. I have a few of these. How about this one? This is Natalia's, her baby's first Christmas one. In fact, I also have another one here. This is Justice's. There's nothing really special about these ornaments, right? I mean, I won't really go into a store and just buy something with baby's feet on it or a bassinet for just because. It's not about the ornament, it's about what they represent. Each one representing a child that I love. You know, I'm pretty certain that God doesn't have a Christmas tree. But I'm also pretty certain that if he did, pretty confident he might have an ornament saying Carlos's first Christmas. Maybe it's the cowboy on the ostrich. Because I'm pretty confident that while he may not have a tree, he celebrates like crazy when a new child of his is born again. See, that's the beauty of Christmas. The baby came, yes, to pay the price of our sins and to offer us new life so that we would be born again. And not only were we forgiven sins, but we were given a new identity. We were given the identity of children of God. And so while we rejoice and celebrate like crazy at Christmas, if God had a Christmas tree, it would be filled with all sorts of ornaments. And they would have your names written on it. Some of you, a few weeks ago, made a decision for the first time to follow Christ. Pretty confident he's celebrating this first Christmas of yours together too. truth of the matter is there's still room on the tree that's why we want you to invite people to our Christmas services so that others could be given new life and welcomed into the family 
Let me read to you a little bit. First from the book of John, then from the book of 1 Peter. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When we talk about rejoicing at our Christmas services, it is this glorious joy that we're talking about. The joy of our salvation that is brought about because of Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is, is that we want everyone to know and experience that joy. And so that's why we ask you to invite people. We want them to have that joy. But do you know, we also ask you to pray. Because we believe that we need to set a foundation of prayer for our Christmas services this year. We believe that we need to be a church that prays. And there's something powerful when we come together as a church and pray. So we're going to do just that right now. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you to pray for the person in the seat in front of you, the person in the seat in back of you, the person who may be sitting in the seat to the left or to the right. When those Christmas services happen, those seats and the seat that you're sitting in as well. Cover them in prayer. That they will hear the gospel. The people sitting in those seats would hear the gospel. And that wherever they are in life, that their life will be impacted and never be the same again. As you pray, we're going to pray on the stage as well. And then we're going to sing another song. Take some time to pray for those who will be here in our Christmas services now. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us this hope this Christmas season. Thank you for sending your son to bring grace to us, to bring healing to us. Lord, help us to remember that this season and to extend the love that you shared to us, to all of those who are out around us in our community, our friends, and our family, 
not just this holiday season, but all throughout the year. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for giving us grace and for sharing your love with us. God, we thank you for your amazing gift of your son. And Lord, we pray for everyone who will come into this room. We pray for each person sitting in each one of these seats, for the people we would invite, for our family members, for our friends, for our neighbors. we pray that you would begin to stir their heart even now. That you would begin to make their heart ready for the message of the gospel that will be proclaimed. Lord, we pray for Charles as you use him to preach your word during these Christmas services, and we ask you that you would just fill him with your spirit as he teaches the good news of Jesus. But all that we do this week, we give to you. And we ask you that you would use it in a way that will impact the lives of those around us. Heavenly Father, so many of us are coming to you this Christmas tired, in need of deep rest. I pray that... Um, as people come here on the 23rd and on the 24th, Lord, that they would see and feel and hear about your rest, that you ultimately is where we can go to find physical rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest, Lord. I pray that as we walk in weary, we would walk in and come to your feet and receive the rest that you gave us. We pray all these things for this week, for your people, and for the people coming in to visit. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, we invite you to stand with us as we close this morning.
show up here, you're going to be quite lonely. Go and have a great week.